You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are the Joes, Will Greenwood, Ryan Livergood, and Jake Patterson. That's right, we're back. Ryan, Jake, Will, what's going on, guys? I'm excited, This Will, because we started this series last year, and now we're going to continue this with Jake. This is where we look into our crystal ball and try to project future ADP. So it's going to be fun. And we're going to get to go back and laugh at what we did last year. It's going to be, it's going to be a good time. Uh, so I went through and looked at what we did last year. And I, I believe running back is by far our worst position, uh, you know, kind of overall going into it. We did, but in the grand scheme of things, I mean, and, and granted we're guessing at the, you know, the top 12 or not guessing we're predicting this. Well, well, Oh, I actually, how did I, that was me. (laughs) That was me. me. I'm sorry. I was trying to mute myself and somehow my mouse got flipped over. That's a rabbit before. Hmm, We're off to a great start again. So I talk, I talk about our, how we did last year, Ryan. I get immediately (laughs) muted. I would, I would like to say that I'm shocked, but we don't discuss our L's. Yeah. Expected. Oh my gosh. Uh, So last year, uh, you know, looking at what we did, I, I put it in uh, across the positions. It wasn't, it wasn't again. We're only looking at top twelve, uh, and so it was. It was kind of rough going. The running back position is by far the worst, but also the running back position has gotten so deep uh, moving into this season that I don't think like like misses can be much further apart because like uh, you look at a guy you know like like J.K. Dobbins, he wasn't as high as we thought he would be you know last year and what what he was going to do, but he's still in a range where. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't feel bad at predicting that he was going to have really great value going into his second season, things like that. Uh, yeah, I, our, think, I think there are ways you can explain some of these picks. Like it makes sense. I, I like the, I look at this list and I, I understand my justification from a year ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Our biggest misses were uh CEH, Josh yeah. Jacobs. Uh, I had Miles Sanders, uh, Travis Etienne, where he, ended, where he ended up going, going into this season. And yeah. then uh, JK Dobbins is mixed in there. So yeah, uh, I had Chuba Hubbard as my number 12. That was the big worst miss on the list, I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was a big uh, miss. You did nail last year that Nick Chubb was going to be the, the running back eight coming into the season in ADP. Oh, and wow. I nailed that Jonathan Taylor was going to be running back four coming into the season. Um, yeah. Outside of that, some near misses were, you know, we put Christian McCaffrey at two uh, and he uh, he's one, but like that's close enough. Anyway, yeah, I I mean, we didn't do great, but I I do think we had a couple of wins with it. And and I think Jonathan Taylor, I I mean, you definitely did better than me. You had him at four, I have him at six. But I think we both were pretty much spot on that, you know, he was going to, you know, rise in value from where he was in rookie drafts. And we really talked about what a priority that guy was. So, uh, so anyway. Yeah. So, so Ryan, to quickly total it up, uh, we each had one person spot on. I, you had one person, uh, one ADP position away on positional, and I had two. Then plus minus up to four, you had three and I had five. And then misses, basically four plus, uh, you had six and I had four. So booyah, Ryan. Uh, mediocre results, but I won those mediocre results, and I'm excited about it. So, Will, before we bring Jake in and talk about 2022 and what it looks like now compared to what we think are there any guises on guises guys on this list that you look at or guises on this list that 
it really surprised you that you still look at this and you're like, I really felt that this guy was going to be here and, and he dropped and it just, I, I still have my, have problems wrapping my head around that. Any su- like surprises looking back even still today? Uh, that like, like moving forward to this season, I, I mean, I was just really shocked that uh, Josh Jacobs just fell so hard. And that's, that's the one for me too. Cause we both haven't had five and it's still, man, I was just so confident with his profile first round running back and, but yeah. And, and I, I'm not too optimistic about his future. So um, Jake, any, any, anything, any observations you have from this list? Um, and what are your thoughts on Jacobs? Do you feel the same way? Or are you, are you kind of, he is what he thought you, you thought he was. <laughs> Um, I don't think he would have been this high on my list. Like you guys had him at number five each. I think I probably would have, um, it's hard to say looking back, I think he would have been on my list just like probably borderline, like right near that edge. Um, so I don't know if I would have expected to fall as hard as he did. Like, I think he's in the twenties now, but I definitely wouldn't have had him up at the five range. Um, one surprise for me is definitely CEH. You guys both projected him to be three going into this year. So, and I completely understand the rationale. Like he was first round draft pick. He's on Mahomes. He's a primary, like he's a pass catcher first typically. And this, all of this opportunity was there for him. And it was, uh, it surprised me anyways, that he failed to reach that, like just by so much. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't think CEH had that bad of a season and in comparison to a guy, you know, like, like Joe Mixon, I kind of expected Joe Mixon to fall farther after last year but everybody's very excited about that offense yeah ceh is one where i think like going into rookie drafts i was i was higher on taylor if memory serves but then as as the hype kind of got up and the more i thought about it i because i really like ceh um you know going before we knew he was going to be the first running back on the board going to the chiefs I, i i really you know saw what maybe he could bring in the NFL, but yeah, it just, it just hasn't happened. And I, and I am worried about him this year. I, I do have major concerns that I know some people are, are saying he's going to emerge and really climb in value, but I, I'm, I kind of think the opposite is going to happen. I'm really worried about him and I really like him as a player. So, but we'll see. We'll see. Any other thoughts, Jake, or do, should we get into, I guess we can recap where guys currently are with running back ADP. We're just talking about running backs where they go. And um, then we can get into our list or any, any other thoughts before we move on to 2022. Um, one additional surprise I guess I had was uh, that neither of you had Derrick Henry as a top 12 running back projected like this year after he was coming off, I believe a 2000 yard season. And he just kind of did it back to back. I would probably have this very similar projection just based on how I rank running backs, especially aging running backs. But I know that you two have an affinity for, win now assets and Derrick Henry is definitely under that umbrella. Um, and he's probably going to do a similar like thing this year, but then his age is just going to push him down rankings. But 2021 DLF ADP has him at RB six, which I think is really high for a, like just a RB of his age, but his pedigree is uh, definitely worth it. Yeah, Derrick Henry, so if you bought into Derrick Henry early, you were disappointed by the production early on in his career. And then if you faded Derrick Henry late, like later in his career, uh, you were also disappointed, which is exactly what I did. And I have gotten Derrick Henry completely wrong over the years. 
Uh, I just thought coming off the rushing title and that workload and what they were doing, that there would just be a potential that teams would, you know, you know, focus more on, on stopping him. And he wouldn't, he maybe wouldn't have that same like touchdown percentage and kind of fade into the regression. And he, he, you know, he had a really great year. Uh, I do think that's boosted up by uh, quite a few running back injuries last year, but uh, you know, buying him now, it's still, it's still scary. It scares the heck out of me. And he's an Adonis of a man and maybe we should buy more into it, but I, I can't, I can't get there yet. Yeah. I have to say that Derrick Henry is kind of a, you know, a lesson for me, kind of like Aaron Jones was because I feel Jake, like I've tried selling these guys like a year or two too early. And I know, you know, we, we've had a chat this week about, you know, that's what you want to do. And, and ultimately in dynasty, you want to have dynasties, you want to turn your roster. So you want to sell those guys before it gets too late to sell them before they lose value. But with, with both of these guys, with, with, with Derek Henry and Aaron Jones, I, I just feel like I've, I've sold and I've missed really monster seasons from both of them. Um, and yeah, and Derek Henry clearly, you know, I, I just missed, I just, I just kind of thought he's not going to the same kind of year that the, that playoff run was going to run him down and people would seem to get a year older and be less productive. And then his value would go down, but obviously it didn't happen. The guy's a stud and, and you know, it's, I, I don't want to bet against him anymore. Obviously it doesn't make any sense to acquire him in dynasty unless I really want to go aggressively win now in a championship, but you know, when these, you know, yeah, sometimes you want to sell these guys, you don't want them to be, you don't want to be holding on a Todd Gurley, but other times they keep going and they put up monster num- numbers for your fantasy team. So, but yeah, good observation. Shall we get into uh, 2022? We'll run yep. down the current list of DLF ADP. Yeah. And, and I just looked because I, Ryan McDowell, as a sort of recording, tweeted, I think, like the top 12, like the first round dynasty in the, in the um, August ADP, but they have not updated it. So on, on DLF. So we're going to use July, July 2021, which is probably it's better for DLF since we're not giving any of their information away. Yeah, it's, it's what we did last year. You know, we just need like kind of a, a center point. There's going to be one, you know, kind of stand out here with like Cam Akers, but this is a, you know, it's, it's kind of the best we can do with this. And it's just a good starting point. Yeah. So either you guys, you mean to run on a list really quick? And because we're also predicting, Ryan, as we go into this and not to like monologue forever, but we are predicting like off season value for next season. So when you look at, you know, Cam Akers being really high, if we had predicted Cam Akers highly last year, we still would have been right for his off season value, or at least, you know, that's what we were trying to get at. So yeah, run through it, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What not where our rankings we think will be in a year, but what we think their value will be. Okay. Here it is. July, 2021. This is just running backs. Uh, CMC number one, not a surprise there. Number two, Dalvin cook. Number three, Saquon Barkley. Number four, Jonathan Taylor. Number five, Alvin Kamara. Number six, Derrick Henry. Number seven, unfortunately, Cam Akers. Number eight, Nick Chubb. Nine, Zeke. Ten, Antonio Gibson. Um, then uh, Najee Harris at uh, number 11, which kind of surprised me. And then number 12, DeAndre Swift. So those, those are our guys. Flying right outside. Looks like uh, CEH, uh, Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones. Okay, so where do we want to begin? Do we want to stop at the start at the top and, and talk about the differences on our list? Because it looks like we all have someone different. Yeah. Like, so I'll, I'll start. 
Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I, well, I'll, I'll go with the. I'll go with the boring. I'll just start out there. I went with with CMC again at number one. I, I boring, but I, I just can't see him not having a a productive season. Not saying he's going to do what he did a couple of years ago. So anyway, we can talk more because Jake, your name is much more interesting than mine, especially now with the, all the news that's come out of Indianapolis. Yeah, um, I have Jonathan Taylor as my RB one. Um, he's currently my RB one in Dynasty, and. I feel like if I have him as my RB1 in Dynasty, if you're making Dynasty rankings, you should always be projecting forward. And I do kind of project him to be the the, the, the best fantasy asset in terms of running backs, like the best guy at his position. Um, obviously, I can see why there's question marks there with him with regards to Carson Wentz being injured. Um, and to be honest, Carson Wentz had a bunch of question marks anyways going into, going into the season just based on his performance last year. Um, but I would just be surprised to see the, the Colts stand pat with Jacob Eason. Um, they have, a, I would think, a championship level, like at least a contending team um, roster-wise, offensive line, defense. Like they are a solidly built team. They are fantastically coached. Um, they pretty much just have that one hole in quarterback. They they had Philip Rivers in as a stopgap last year um, as a one-year rental, and I wouldn't be surprised if they brought someone in um, in a similar facet and can can give similar to Philip Rivers production. Like, I don't think that's too crazy of expectations. Um, and I think they're going to be forced to run the ball with, like, poorer uh, quarterback play. I think one of the bigger concerns for me is Quentin Nelson's health. I know that he ended up on the, like, the injury report. So uh, yeah, I'm kind of banking on him coming back soon because he is just, a, like, a major part to that running game. Right. Um, five, five to five to twelve weeks. Last I saw, so it, it could be an extended amount of time. Okay, yeah. So uh, maybe I need to reevaluate that. Yeah, yeah, that fits. Um, so, and for me, obviously, CMC is just like an absolute dog. Um, probably a Hall of Famer at this point, but I would need to see him have like just a, a gap above the competition for him to still remain as the RB one at like at twenty six years old. And just because RBs on their second contract always tend to worry me regardless of who they are. But obviously CMC is most likely the exception to that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard to say. Well, we'll go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So I, I like, I, I, I was debating having Jonathan Taylor at my RB one spot going into this season. Cause one, I thought based on his finish last year, that his ADP would be higher in July because this is pre Carson Wentz injury. This is pre Quentin Nelson injury. The fact that he's at number four, uh, may, maybe I, you know, didn't show enough backbone with my Jonathan. I mean, I only I put him at you know running back two for me, uh, moving into twenty twenty two. But anyway, I, I he was absolutely dominant at the end of last season, both uh, in rushing and touchdowns. Like as a fantasy point scorer, uh, he had a great end of the season. He didn't really boom as hard as you wanted in your fantasy playoffs, and I feel like people are holding that against him uh, because he, you know. He went for, let's say, like, like, you know, 19 or let's say 20 points a game in your fantasy playoffs. And then he went for, you know, 253 rushing yards and two touchdowns uh, in his uh, in week 17. But that doesn't count for anything. I actually am surprised that Jonathan Taylor is number four and isn't higher on this list, especially after Christian McCaffrey getting older and being hurt. Again, you don't want to pay for past production. So I think having Jonathan Taylor at the, the number one running back spot makes sense. Uh, I'm not overly worried about the Quentin Nelson injury because again, we, we, as we go through this whole season, we're predicting this for next year. If, yeah. if Jonathan Taylor, when Quentin Nelson comes back, 
and is there for Jonathan Taylor and he has a great, you know, last six, six to eight weeks of the season, he's, he could be right at this spot moving into next, uh, next year. The, the one, yeah, the, the one thing I'm curious about is how it's just going to be different, different with uh, the check down Charlie of Phillip rivers with whoever is playing quarterback in Indy. Nobody like Phillip rivers is one of the best, uh, you know, passing or best passers in the league for running backs that we've ever seen for, for PPR production. No, that's a great point too. And I forgot to mention it. Like I'm, I was talking so much about how I was worried about the Carson Wentz injury about his uh, 2021 production, but we are talking about 2022 rankings, right? For dynasty ADP. So just because Carson Wentz is injured this year, who the hell knows if they have acquired a uh, Deshaun Watson, a Russell Wilson, um, then maybe they spent a top draft pick on a quarterback, like, Maybe like maybe Jonathan Taylor just got attached to his quarterback of the future in the draft, right? Like uh, we just don't know. So I'm kind of projecting that obviously they're going to sort out their QB position by August 2022. And and I will say this if, and Will, you're right. Looking at Jonathan Taylor being the number four running back right now, I think that's, I think we all would agree that's too low. Um, and, and we all, and I had him at number three on my list. We all had him going up in the rankings. So we're all in consensus that he's going to climb either the top spot or, or no worse than three. I, and the reason I put him at three guys, I could totally see him at number one. I think it's a, it's a great call. I, I do just have more concerns about the QB situation and the offensive line injuries, um, that, that this is going to limit as what, what kind of season we thought he would have. I think he's looking to have a great year. I just think a couple of guys is, will have better years and it may vault over him. But I think, I think we all agree. We all have him climbing up the rankings and he's a, he's a great guy to have. I mean, he's, he is a foundational piece to build your, your Tennessee roster around. So, uh, in my opinion, so, um, and, and then will you want to talk about your, your number one guy? I don't think you've mentioned him yet. Yeah. So I, I put in my number one and I'm kind of maybe planting a little bit of a flag here, but I I'm going with, I'm going to put my number one and it was the same as last year, but I'm going to go with Saquon Barkley. I'm going to go into this under the expectation that he will not be injured this year, uh, which should not be lost. I think with Saquon overall, it's just how special of a player and athlete the Quan is. Uh, I'm going to believe at this point in time and a bounce back, a, a bounce back season is in order uh, pair that with his age. And it's just like his prospect profile is, is off the charts. Like Saquon is, uh, it's just been, it's just been kind of lost because he wasn't there last season. It's just how great he, his potential is. And the fact that he's had two seasons now that an injury has kind of like, like labored him throughout the season. But at the end of the day, uh, I'm willing to take that and just plant it right on Saquon. If they, you know, decide to move away from him, moving forward, that's only good things for him, uh, you know, with, with the giants and what they're doing. But uh, I, yeah, again, I think if he had, you know, if he finishes a top five running back and then the giants make some changes moving into next year, uh, I think he'd be right here because he is such a special talent. Yeah, Jake, you don't have him at number one, but you have him at number two. So, so clearly you feel. Yeah. Well anyway. No, I'm pretty, pretty much lockstep with Will. Um, Saquon Barkley was the best running back prospect to ever come out. Like I could be wrong with the, the Danian Thomas and Barry Sanders types, but from my recollection, cause I'm only 26, 27 years old. Um, he's the best running back prospect of at least my lifetime. Like when he was coming out, the hype around Saquon Barkley was like insane. Like he was almost the, like he was a top five pick in dynasty from my memory. Like it was a, uh, and that was crazy. a steal. Was, 
Yeah, honestly, and Will's right when the fact that he's just he's had some injuries. I think Giants are pretty still wide open in terms of like he's going to get massive volume or has that potential. I think we, I think if anyone's doubting that he's getting like 15 touches week one, I think like that's crazy. Like he's he's going to be on the field immediately, regardless of his injury. Like it's, I think that's silly fading him right now. Saquon Barkley, come on. Yeah, Barkley's rookie season. Uh, he was the number one running back in PPR. He had 91 receptions for 721 yards. It's just, it, he can be that asset. Like the Giants offense needs to run through him for Daniel Jones to be successful and be able to, because Daniel Jones is a good arm. Like he can throw it downfield, but we are banking on the the health issue of it because he only played two games last year. And in that first game, you know, he was, he was stumped at the line. He had a bunch of carries for no yards. But he had a good we, – we lose the fact that he had a good amount of receptions uh, for a good amount of yards. And then, yeah, just, just kind of popped that knee the next day. And uh, he's the closest thing to the Adrian Peterson recovery timeline that I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I look at my list, guys. I have him at number four, and I kind of feel that – now I feel like it's a little bit too low. But Wow. I guess – I mean, I mean, it's not crazy drop number four, right? But – but I, because I, I think no matter what, because I'm kind of projecting here like a slow start to the season, and um, and may, maybe the Giants' offense not being very good, which hopefully, you know, hopefully is not the case, and he has a good season. But I, I guess maybe I'm, maybe I'm, recent news just has me fading him a little bit. Maybe I'm over, overanalyzing the situation because I think I think you guys are right. It's just a tremendous talent. Um, he's just he's such a gifted player, and he needs he's a Superman. I mean, the, the, what he's, we've seen recovery from recover from injuries in the past. And I, I, I do think that the, the future is bright, even if he has a Rocky 2021. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to fade him too much. So Saquon, you know, one, two and four for the, for the Joes um, guys. So you guys have named your one and two. You just have the names flipped uh, Jonathan Taylor or Barkley. Um, I went with CMC. Then I went with Antonio Gibson, which I thought, God, I can't believe I'm putting Antonio Gibson here. But the more I thought about it, I thought, okay, you know, based on his age and the season, the kind of season I think he can have, I think the one question we had about Antonio Gibson really was, can the guy run the ball? You know, because he, he didn't really rush that much in college, but he, he has proven at least to a certain extent that he can. And he, we know he's a tremendous pass catcher. So I, I just, I don't know, this is probably a little rich to put him at number two, but I just feel there's a potential he could have this monster, monster year, like, a, you know, team winning year that you know the that most of the team teams that drafted him you know win their leagues and i just see could just see him catapult catapulting up the um the rankings so but will you've got him at three and jake you've got him at five so at least we're not too too far apart from each other yeah i, th- I thought maybe we talk a little bit about like cmc is your number one rank going year over year oh i i mean i don't know that there's much to talk about i i mean i, I Maybe that's a little too safe, but I still feel that, you know, he's pretty much in his prime still. And I just, I just think he's going to put up monster numbers. I just think the way, you know, I, I think he's going to be a centerpiece of the killing offense. He's going to catch a ton of balls and he's going to get you know, the goal line looks and scores. And I just think he's, he's going to not, I'm not saying he's going to put up the numbers he did two years ago, but I think he's going to put up, you know, top three running back numbers and, and people are so people just love CMC. I don't know. So yeah, I, where that's coming from. I, I like the pick because the three games that he was in the lineup last year, one, if he was on your team, you, you, you played him every single one of those games and he gave you a boom performance every single time. I mean, he put up what, uh, 
you know, he six total touchdowns in three games. It's, it's a CMC still showed us how special he was uh, when he's on the field. So anyway, I, I, I don't mind the CMC being at number one. I think I may have faded him too far, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, I, I get it though. I understand. Um, one thing I, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, Jake. Uh, what, yeah. Sorry. One thing I love about uh, CMC too is he might eventually start getting a discount for his age, but just the way that CMC plays, like he could transition to be a slot receiver until he's like 35. You know what I mean? Like I just don't see him being as like a quick out of the league type, just based on his body type and the way he plays. Like he's going to be a valuable asset to NFL teams for a long, long time. Yeah. I mean, it feels that way to me too, I, but you know, well, time will tell. Right. Um, what, what about um, Gibson? I want to hear a little bit more from you guys. Cause you know, Will, you got him at, at three, Jake, you have him at five. So uh, Antonio Gibson, anything to add to what I, I mean, I know there's some risk here because it could go the other way too. He could have a bad year and kind of, you know, we've, we've only see it, seen it in small sample sizes and his big games last year were against bad defenses. I, I get it. But um, you guys seem to like him too. At least expect him to rise. Maybe not as high as me. Uh, first and foremost, I love the the team that he's on for how they're willing to ride a, you know, a bell cow back last year. We saw Antonio Gibson. He really beat up the Cowboys quite a bit uh, for, for a lot of his fantasy stats. And the biggest thing that was missing in what he was doing is his receptions. And I, th- to me, like his, his prospect profile, what he did as a runner last year and what he is as a receiver coming into the NFL, I think that his ceiling uh, is Michael Jordan would say is the roof. And I almost wanted to put him higher, but I also, I don't want to get too hyped on Gibson, but he's young enough, talented enough. And his like a big, like big enough as a running back to where I think in ADP next season, he's going to be a very, very high dynasty asset to have. Uh, especially with, I believe, and I was going to look this up just really quickly as we were chatting. I believe Brandon Scherf was, was hurt a little bit last year and he is a road grader uh, of an offensive lineman, you know, coming out of the University of Iowa, of course. So he, you know, he missed a couple games. Uh, or he missed, yeah, he missed three games, which affected all that. And I, I just think that the Washington football team, their offense, a big part of that will still run through Gibson because of the, the like the coaching narrative uh his in just how talented he is yeah you, you have to love how he like he flipped his prospect profile on his head right like he was a hundred percent a pass catcher like he barely ran the ball in college and then he comes to the nfl and he barely catches the ball and he's shows that he can run between the tackles and that he can be trusted as a running as like a running back right so it seems like an absolute no-brainer that that, that pass catching work is going to come like they've already talked about it and they've in the offseason they talked about how his, his turf toe is recovering and that it seems to be a go. Um, but I do definitely think that there is like we're we seem to be super gung ho on Gibson and there is obviously an element of risk with him, just given the fact that he didn't play a, like tons of RB in college. He he's coming off a turf toe injury and he said that he had to learn how to play like while dealing with it. Like he pretty much had to adjust his playing style to, um, for it type of thing. You have McKissick adding weight in the off season. Um, so he's not going to be as obvious of a pass catcher when he's on the field, they're going to be able to disguise the play call when he, when like, which was one of the things that made Gibson so valuable to them is that you didn't know if they were going to run or pass the ball where McKissick, they might be able to do that with him as well. 
And I think uh, one underrated part where I don't want to put too much of a stock into it because he's an unrestricted free agent um, is Jarrett Patterson. Um, I think the guy is good at football. Like he had, yeah, you don't have eight, eight touchdowns in a game in college without being talented, without being good at football. Like it's obviously low competition playing, um, playing in Buffalo. Um, but you, I just, I just don't know how else to say it where you, you just don't have that dominant of a stretch um, in the college season. And like, that wasn't one game where he had eight touchdowns. Like he was a dog the entire season. Like the guy can play. And with Antonio Gibson, not even having um, like too much running back experience in college, like Jared Patterson might steal some work from him. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being like the, not the, like the James Robinson from last year, but there's probably a better um, example um, of, but I see him having more value come next year than he does today. Jared Patterson. Yeah. With Jared Patterson, I actually would like if Jared Patterson, Jared Patterson took some of the, you know, between the tackles grinding away from Gibson and Gibson Mm -hmm. was more on the field for, it was more in the field for, you know, plays that aren't telegraphed of what they're doing because he's a significantly better cat pass catcher than Patterson. And Absolutely. We're, we're going into it. You know, it, it, it's been talked about over and over and over again. We're going into a 17 week NFL season and I don't want Gibson running to the ground. Like he was last year. That's where the turf toe came from. He was just hitting his peak and his stride. And then he, you know, had to go out in, you know, in that week 13 game against Pittsburgh. And then he came back in week 16, but he, he wasn't like, he was, he was so good running up until that point uh, and then was, was basically irrelevant after week 12. So that, that kind of hurt his overall fantasy points. But if you were starting at Tony Gibson, you were very happy. So again, like talk about Jared Patterson. One, I love Jared Patterson. Don't get me like I, I was on the Jared Patterson hype train. I love small running backs. Well, Will was the founding member down. of that hype train. You talked about yeah. really early on. Yeah. Especially from Buffalo. Uh, and so the, uh, yeah, I actually think it's a lot nicer to have him in that backfield as a pair. Uh, and maybe McKiss- I think McKissick's role will be diminished because Gibson uh, at his like at his core might be a better pass catcher than McKissick even. You know, you just kind of had those, you know, those Alex Smith checkdowns when Gibson was just grinding for whatever reason I can't understand, but he proved himself doing it. And so I think the the yeah, I love his ceiling. And so that's why I put him up at three. I think if nothing else, what this exercise has taught us is even though Gibson, it's not exactly a cheap asset to acquire, obviously, because he's RB 10. But I mean, at the very worst, we have him at number five on our list for July 2022. Uh, So I I think that he's a guy to consider buying maybe a little bit of an upgrade there. So later on in his career, just like Christian McCaffrey, Gibson could become a slot receiver, like a big house slot receiver. (laughs) That'd be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. All right, so if we move on to the running back four for us in July 2022 ADP, what we're projecting here, uh, you know, Jake's got CMC at number four. We've talked about CMC. I've got Saquon. Talked about why I had him there, but Will, uh, well, I'm, yeah. So, but Will, you're um, oh number three, Jake. Oh, let me rewind. I'm sorry, I, I missed it. So, okay, Will, you're. I got thrown off there. Sorry. Thank you, Jake. So, Will, your running back three is Antonio Gibson. We just talked about uh, mine is Jonathan Taylor. We talked about, but Jake, new name on the board. Who is your running back three in 2022? Um, someone who's probably unexpected. He's actually not even in Will's top 12. Me looking at it right now. 
but my number three is DeAndre Swift. Um, he's incredibly undervalued right now, for one. Um, we were talking on the Patreon show about how New Orleans has, um, with the Michael Thomas injury, their offense has just been decimated in my mind. Um, and I think they are very comparable to Detroit. And people haven't really talked, made that comparison as much as they should. Um, and the reason I bring that up is because I think DeAndre Swift compares to Alvin Kamara in the fact that um, there aren't any pass catchers of consequence on Detroit. They are going to be in terrible game scripts all the time. They're going to need to pass the ball. And DeAndre Swift is going to get the, like he will get those targets. And uh, we've, you've probably heard it on every fantasy football podcast that you listen to. Um, pass catching targets for running backs is like the most important thing in fantasy. Um, and I think his ceiling for like targets is probably some of the top, like in the top of the league, um, like Camara esque. So obviously Detroit is probably one of the worst teams in the league. We're talking 2022 off season. So maybe they have acquired their franchise QB of the future. Um, but they have, are they already have their RB of the future and his name is DeAndre Swift. Yeah. So I, well, I think I want to turn it over to you because I've got Swift at number seven. Um, but, but Jake is right. Not on your list Did not crack your top 12. So what, so you have a, I'm not that you're, I mean, if he's, he may be your number 13, so maybe you're not like low on him, but why didn't you, do you, do you see a, a world where he can ascend to RB three next year? Uh, I, I don't really see how he can ascend to RB three at he's, he's five, eight, 212 pounds. And I'm buying into maybe one undersized running back moving into next year. And that would, that Miles would be Chris, like Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> uh, so I, I just, for Jandre Swift and the way the lions are and the way that, that, what I believe that, that, the, how that's going to go. Uh, I don't see a huge fantasy point upside. I mean, he might become, he might be a massive, massive pass catcher for the team. And I could be completely wrong here, but, uh, and him being outside of my top 12, it's not like a knock against Jandre Swift. You know, he falls just outside of that. I just think we have uh, a different running back landscape than we did two years ago before the Jandre Swift draft class as of, of last season. And so I don't think that his fantasy points, he, I see him finishing it around like, you know, RB 15 this year. And I don't think that propels him into the top 12 moving into the next season because people are going to be chasing youth and they're going to be chasing the elite production. Yeah. And I think I ended up in the middle of you guys because I, I I kind of see both sides of it because I, I I don't like that situation in Detroit. Um, I think, um, you know, uh, Williams is just annoying enough of a backup to, to take away some share from that backfield. That being said, I think Dender Swift is a heck of a talent, um, and, and I think he could have an Alvin Kamara type season if the circumstances go well. So, so, so I think he's gonna have a nice year, and based on his youth and, and how talented he is, I think he'll send a little bit. I, I, but I don't know about number three. Although I, I could, it, it's possible. I mean, it certainly is possible. I don't think it's a crazy call to put him in number three at, at all. What, sorry, one thing that stuck with me um, is that, like, in January, Dan Campbell, the new coach of the Lions, who's actually coming from New Orleans, I believe he was the tight ends coach, if I'm not mistaken, um, like, he came out and said that he wanted to utilize DeAndre Swift in a uh, Khmer role. Yeah. And I obviously agree that Jamal Williams is there, but you had Mark Ingram in, in New Orleans for a while, and you had Latavius Murray doing 
like um, a, I think playing a similar role than we'll see Jamal Williams. I, I agree Jamal Williams is going to see the field, um, but I just wouldn't be surprised if you see DeAndre Swift start lining up one-on-one V linebackers in the slot, right? Because who, who the hell are they going to put there at wide receiver, right? Like Amon Ra, <laughs> like I don't, I don't know if he's a slot receiver personally, but right, right. I see yeah. opportunity for him. Yeah. No, it's 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 an interesting call, and I'm I'm glad you you brought him up, and and he's as a soil analyst. Um, makes for a fun conversation. So now we got another guy that is interesting because, uh, so I so as I mentioned, um, Jake CMC number four running back. I had Saquon number four, but Will got another new name on the list, and I don't think he's on my list or Jake's list unless I'm missing his name. So talk about your running back four. Yeah, so I'm going with, uh, with with Najee Harris. I do not like how much he played in the Hall of Fame game today, but uh, Najee Harris is a, a bigger – he's clearly a three-down back. He is a great pass catcher. I'm going to bank on that he gets a bunch of volume this year behind a poor offensive line, and that, that narrative changes in the offseason next year and that the Steelers make moves to, to improve that offensive line moving forward. So you're going to have a guy who can handle the workload, doesn't have an injury history, uh, and he might like underproduce and be like running back, you know, he might be out of the, the, the top 12 this year, but my guess with this ADP project projection is that the offense's narrative, uh, next year will be that Najee Harris is primed, primed to produce. And he might, you know, he's an older back coming into it, but I don't think people care that much anymore. As long as somebody is clearly establishing himself as the absolute dominant, uh, running back in the backfield. So, uh, Jake, you're you're the Steelers fan. So, you talked a little bit on the Patreon show uh, about this, but uh, you know he's not any. He I considered him for my top twelve. He was close for me. Uh, but what about you? Was he close for you? Um, he was definitely close, and I honestly feel like I probably would have put him in there. But I kind of wanted to be a little hot takey, and I kind of wanted to talk about how overrated the Steelers offense is and honestly just the Steelers in general. Um, I said that there's a possibility on the Patreon show. I think there's a possibility that they are the worst team in the division. Um, Ryan bounced back with just how abysmal the Bengals defense is. And I completely agree. Um, but the Steelers were bad last year on offense. They didn't, they didn't have enough time to pass down the field. They got rid of the ball immediately. Um, they're trying to switch their tired game plan towards Najee Harris um, trying to run the ball and probably they're probably going to try to game script him some passes close to the line of scrimmage as well. So while I see Najee Harris being peppered with targets, um, peppered with opportunity um, to run the ball, I just think that they were so quick to get away from running the ball last year when it didn't work. Are they going to, are they going to be as adamant to keep trying with Najee, even though it's not working? Um where I'm just like, I'm not entirely sure. Obviously in that case, I think Najee will catch the ball. So I don't think it is um, like that bad if they did go away from their running game, because he's going to get, he's still going to be on the field. He's going to like at all times, Najee Harris will be on the field, which is why I think it makes sense to have him that high on Will's list because he has that potential. Um, I just, I I think there's also potential he's a bust though, right? Like there's a chance that Big Ben gets injured early. Um, uh, sorry, Vusu yeah, no. just tweeted um, Najee three net comparing him to a lesser Leonard four net. And, and like, it scares me. <laughs> like 
I think there's definite worry about Tanaji that's uh, just not been considered. And it, it goes for everyone on the Steelers, like Claypool, Deontay, Juju. Um, I, again, I'll repeat what I said on the Patreon show. Like Everyone's expecting Juju might bounce back. There's room for Claypool to break out. Deontay, um, target hog, and there's more room for him to ascend. Like They just added Fryermouth, but Najee is going to take a huge piece of this this pie. Like It's going to be hard for um, it's going to be impossible for all of them to reach their potential, but it's going to be really hard to for to pick out which individual like can hit a ceiling if any of them do. Yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah. So I was, you know, we look back and the way Ben Roethlisberger has worked with kind of running backs in the past, and this is assuming that he's going to be healthy for a good portion of the season, and he is Roethlisberger is a dump off champion, or at least like targeting the running back champion. I mean, even James Conner in 2018 in his like really big breakout season uh, had 71 targets in 13 games. Uh, I could see Najee hitting that mark. Like I, I put that in his range of outcomes is not that uh, it, it, on like the bell curve, you know, we're not talking about like the, the 80th percentile of outcomes. We're talking about like the, maybe the 65th percentile of outcomes. And so when he proves his pass catching chops and along with being on the field the whole time, yeah, the touchdowns might be lower because the, the Steelers defense also got worse this year. Uh, you know, I, I feel like moving forward, they lost like Bud Dupree being gone. You know, he was out last year and that's when they you know, stopped being undefeated. They had kind of a mess at the end of the year. So with, and yeah, so, so potentially more points scored. Uh, Roethlisberger is coming back from Tommy John's basically without an off season. Uh, I'm just going to lean into that. Najee is going to be Roethlisberger's best friend this, this season. And I'll shy away from the wide receivers, but I'll, I'll pump up Najee. I, I want to say uh, one more thing too, is like we're projecting this time next year. So I have to assume big Ben's gone. Like now did they upgrade at the QB position? Um, I would have to assume that they do because like big Ben, I think is washed at this point. Um, do they have, do they get a superstar coming at free agency, which I think this would be Pittsburgh's MO. Kirk Cousins. I think it's entirely, I think it's entirely like Aaron Rod- like Aaron Rodgers, fingers crossed. I think it's entirely possible that you have a competition between Haskins and Rudolph next year, and it terrifies me as a Steeler fan, and it kind of terrifies me as a Najee Harris owner too. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the fact that Rudolph would be in a quarterback competition has to be one of the scariest things on the planet. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. But <laughs> he's Steelers so bad. I don't, it. I, he's so yeah. bad all the time. Yeah, I want yeah. I want to buy how much just to hit him with it, but. And this is also because I don't personally have Najee ranked this high, you know, like my dynasty running back rankings, but I, I'm just, I, you know, I'm predicting the scenario that there will be enough hype and enough usage from this season that he'll be up here. And, you know, I, I, I kind of like it. It's yeah, all about that usage. Yeah. I, I, you guys made, made argument on both sides and I, I guess I just tend to be a little more pessimistic and, and, kind of buy more into Jake's fears about the Steelers, but well, I, I, this is not, I think this is a, a good call and, and wouldn't certainly wouldn't be shocking if he was running back for that's for sure. And in fact, in the latest rankings, which we didn't talk about, Ryan McDowell just tweeted this today. Um, he, he is the running back six overall taken. And in the round one of a one QB league um, latest ADP, he's the one ten. Harris. He's so. the RB six right now. Without playing a snap, that's crazy. That's correct. You know, we're in like 
Zeke Saquon Barkley territory their their rookie years, which I I, did, I just think there's more risk involved with him. It could work out for you, but I don't know. I mean, that's coming out as I could flip him for like, you know who who do you guys take? Do you take uh, uh, Harris or DK Metcalf right now? Oh, DK Metcalf, easy. Yeah, yeah. well. Yeah, I'll go DK. Yeah, I did. My, I just don't think there's so as, my wide receiver risk with DK. Yeah, ag- agreed. I mean, because he's going right there. Then right after Harris, it's uh, Derrick Henry, and we talked about in our chat how as dominant he's as he's been. That's pretty bold to take a, a running back his age. You know, the first round of startup. But I think we, I think we all agree on that. I don't know if there's any. I mean, I, I, I think Najee has the potential of being one of those game, like fantasy breaking running backs with his, with his pass catching chops and how that offense is going to work. So yeah, I mean, I would DK Metcalf is the much safer pick because he's again, like another Adonis of a man and he's, he's working with Russell Wilson. He's only going to get better over time. And uh, even this like hundred meter dash thing that DK did was, was just incredible uh, going out there, not finishing last against like real sprinters because yeah. you're starting to sprint so far anyway. But uh, I, I'm so tempted to take Najee over him because even coming out as an older prospect, he, the, the running back scoring potential is for Najee. I feel like is 75 to hundred points more over the course of the fantasy season than what DK has. Well, Hey, well, let's talk about your number five, um, which is Travis Etienne. Um, and we, and uh, Jake and I have him at six right behind you. So we're all pretty much in the same range um so it's interesting we all have him that high because right now he is outside of the uh top 12 i'm not sure exactly where he's at i can look that up so you guys want to talk about it why you think we're all in the same range i mean we i think we probably just all see the same potential and what kind of season he could have and career you guys both had him as your rb like when you're when we did this not me but when you guys did this exercise last year you guys projected ETN to come out and for him to be the RB 11, like right away. So a year ago, ETN had like elite college pedigree. Like he was the RB one, RB two for, I want to say like most people. Um, and for good reason, right? Like he was an absolute all-star in Clemson, like not at a low level school. Like he was legit. And a lot of what he did was pass catching. Um, which again, I already mentioned on this episode, it's just like so important when it comes to running, like the running back position in fantasy football, those guys are going to get you more points than anyone who doesn't, especially in a PPR league. Um, and I, I think ETN is like such a massive value right now. Like, I think every single per like you should go through every one of your leagues and be setting an offer for ETN because if he is cheaper today than he'll ever be tomorrow. Running back 18 um, right now. That's running back 18. That's yeah. Wow. What a ginormous value. Um, James Robinson had a hell of a year last year um, as an unrestricted free agent. And they went out and they drafted a running back who played with Trevor Lawrence's and like most of his college career in the first round. Like they paid a huge draft capital to get this guy. And all he has done is catch the ball in practice. Like in training camp so far, he's being used primarily as a pass catcher. So you're telling me you have a first-round talent guy coming out with his college quarterback who was the 101 potential generational talent, Trevor Lawrence. Like, So these two are locked up for the future together. Again, first-round pick, he's a primarily a pass catcher, and like all of this opportunity is like waiting for him on a silver platter in my mind. Like, 
his ceiling is RB one. Like it's, it's, it's to quote Michael Jordan, his ceiling is the roof, right? Like he, I just think he's just such a massive value. And I'm actually, I was shocked that Will or anyone had him higher than me. So, and I was, I love to see him be Will having him higher than me and Ryan being lockstep. Like we are, we're a sharp bunch. <laughs> but thank you. This is <laughs> another one of those things where I don't know if buying Etienne right now is the best idea. Cause this, you know, again, we're projecting the ADP next year. And this is where I see him because I could see James Robinson being a factor in the offense early on because they're going to try to maybe control games more uh, in the way that, that it all works. I mean, they're not trying to like run them between the tackles as much, but Etienne is, is an elite talent and he is also a home run hitter. And I could see him, let's say, you know, six weeks into the season moving forward, him finishing, you know, as the, you know, the, the, the second or third running back overall after that point and pairing that with Trevor Lawrence, who, I feel like it's still like, all, like, where did the Trevor Lawrence hype go? Uh, Trevor Lawrence is just like such an impeccable quarterback prospect. I think the Jaguars as a franchise can be able to turn around with him at the helm. And now you have his little binky from college uh, with him, you know, in Jacksonville and a lot of, and <laughs> on, to- on, on top of that, analytically speaking, a first round running back uh, has a great chance of hitting anyway. So to me, it's a safe bet to put him, put him high. Yes, I put him at five, which is, I think is higher than a lot of people would put him at, at this point. But, uh, I, I, you know, he's just, he, he is a special talent. He stayed his extra year in college to be with Trevor Lawrence and to become a better, better pass catcher, and he did that. And so, you know, his, his yards per carry, you know, and his, his total, like, production overall did fall off. But Etienne is a player to not fall off, and I'm just so, so excited. The whole, like, they wanted Kadarius Tony. Up Tra- Travis Etienne narrative. It's just, you know, I just get that BS out of here. Like he's going to be a uh, a massive fantasy point scorer. It just might not be early on in the season, and that's where I'm going to be aggressively going after him for any team that was expecting immediate production. Yeah, it's an interesting approach. And I, there's also what is it? Carlos Hyde is the other running back in the backfield. I've heard some buzz that they want to get him some some touches. Yeah, you so got Car- Carlos Hyde needs to eat. Yeah, I guess. Um, I so, so you're right. It could be a slow start. It could be an opportunity um, early in the season. I, I could see that going to fruition um, possibly, but, but I, I, I don't know. I think, well, at his price, you know, running back 18, there's maybe even a better chance that he, if he splashes in the preseason, for example, even if he starts off the year cold, then. Oh, you know, I hope he doesn't play in the spike. preseason. Well, that's that'll what I'm saying. Yeah. So, um, so you know, we mentioned Jake, you, you've got Antonio Gibson here at running back five and I've got a guy and an old guy here that you guys don't even have on your list. And I, and I wanted to drop him back more and maybe I should have, but it's Dalvin cook because Dalvin cook, I think is the guy we all like to hate in the dynasty community. We all think he's going to get severely, severely injured every year. Although last, you know, he's last couple of years, he's had pretty decent health, at least, you know, most of the time. And, he puts up huge numbers. You know, I, I think in Minnesota, if their defense is better, he could put up another monster season. So I, I know he's going to be a year older and, and, you know, I, I even though I have a number five, I, you know, he's a number two right now. So I don't know. I I've got him there. You guys, you guys don't. So am I, am I crazy? Is he, you know, I mean, Derek Henry, you know, a year ago was in the top 12 and got a year older had a monster year and he, he went up the rankings. So, you know, I don't know. I've got him going down three spots and you guys have him find out of the top 12. So what was your thought process? 
Yeah, I do think this could be one of my biggest misses is not not having Cook in here uh, because he has stayed relatively healthy over the past couple of years and has been a you know a, a really really good fantasy producer and he is uber talented and on an offense where uh, you know that offense is progressing and not regressing. The the thing about Cook is he has a, a long a long history of knee injuries and so. I was scared about that last year. It was a big mistake and I'm scared about this year again, but I guess I'm just, I'm just doubling down that he, we're, we, we may see something where we're Dalvin cooks, uh, you know, value could tank and then topped with his age that uh, I I'm worried about like the, the, the kind of the Todd Gurley effect. Yeah. I'm with you. Well, those injuries scared the crap out of me. And I think most of the owners, that's why the leagues that I have them, when I've tried shopping them, I feel like I never get anything you know, good back offered in return because people are, I, I think, afraid to touch him. I don't know, Jake, have you had the same experience with Dalvin Cook? And, um, you know, what, what are your thoughts? Anything to add to what Will said? Um, I do have Cook on my list. I want to put that out there. I did not leave him outside of my top 12, which, like, is a little crazy because he's probably a top, like, the 102 this year in a redraft league. Um, he is my RB8 projected for next year. Um, I see the issue because he's going to be 27 this time next year, right? So he is not getting any younger. Um, one thing that maybe Will can help me with this one. So Minnesota lost Riley Reef last year. Did they, do they have like an up-and-coming uh, rookie that's going to take that spot? Like they didn't replace him in free agency or the draft, I don't think, right? Like, Yeah, they just taking that, that spot. Uh, Dar- Darisaw. Yeah. Uh, Christian Darisaw from Virginia Tech. Yeah, okay, absolutely. Who they they called like oh. also Riley Reef wasn't good last year. Uh, I mean, it's it's hard for me to say that because he's a Hawkeye and you know God bless Hawks. But uh, and and Darisaw hasn't been getting there, there's been something with training camp that it's like it's not like a great situation off the bat. But uh, I think maybe I, yeah with 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 Dalvin Cook it's the age and injury injury history that I just uh but I, I also might be I should have leaned more into. I think Dalvin Cook had you know, the the running back one potential this season, and I will it'll just be a, a big miss when I made this list and went through it. But I, I just don't. I maybe maybe it's my Vikings fandom and how we tend to ruin everything that's good that has me worried. So yeah, um, I thought it was a hole. I forgot that they they got Christian Darisaw coming in, so um, we can forget about that point. But um, well, it's, I think it's the teams. It's, it's not like certain that Darisaw is going to be any good. I mean, how many first round offensive linemen, you know, have, have tanked out of the league and not done anything. I mean, look at, look uh, at the Bengals. Um, but the team situation has pretty much stayed the same um, on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I think the injury history, like you mentioned, is a, a huge cause of for concern and they did draft a running back in the fourth round. So I think they are, um, I think that's more of a replacement for Madison. But if Cook does show that he like if he gets injured like he has in the past, um, I think Kenny's a good, good sleeper. And I think it's a, a, a checkbox thing now that I think we have to say Kenny in, in Wangu's name on every single podcast. So I just wanted to get that in there. Yeah, it is a so he's a, a good special teams guy. But they also drafted Amir Smith Barset, who is potentially a better special teams guy on both punt and kick returns. I really wish the Vikings would have gone uh, Hubbard or Gainwell. I felt like that made so much more sense. That was the weirdest reach for a running back in the draft that, that I've seen. I, 
So I hope, I hope, I mean, I hope Kenny proves me wrong and that he's, he's an absolute sub because he is a metrics freak, but that is one, another positive. I feel like for, for Dalvin cook this year is the running back talent behind him got worse. They got rid of Mike Boone. You know, they have, you know, you know, Kenny, who has no like collegiate production as a running back. Uh, and then they have Amir Abdullah somehow still again, who played on special teams for him. So there is a, a potential again for him, for him to really boom and that he will be drafted higher next year. And then I'm just kind of wrong here. All right. Am so, I, yeah, sorry. No, go ahead, Jake. Am I silly to think that if Kellen Mond got any play that it would help him? Yes. I think so. Yes. Kellen Mond is not a good, a good passer of the football. Yeah. Well, you're not really cook. Isn't really catching it that often anyways. Right. Like I just think that he has the legs and it might open up like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a big break, like thinking too much into it. Yeah. So, I mean, Dalvin Cook had, he, he was, he was a good pass catcher last year and that was a really big boon to his fans. I guess not like a good one, uh, but the year before that he was, he's really involved. The thing is he hasn't played a full season yet either. And so he's always gotten knocked up at some point. We've always been very worried. And then everybody in the world has started Alexander Madison in that next game where Dalvin Cook missed and been very disappointed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, I guess going around the, like I'm, I'm talking in circles here yeah. Yeah. About, da- yeah. about Dalvin Cook, but his, well, I think his touchdown production could, could be pretty close to what it was last year. We're going to, we're going to move on and pick up the pace. So we've done our top five. We mentioned our um, number sixes. Um, Jake and I had uh, the aforementioned Travis uh, Etienne and then we'll uh, CMC. Once we get down to running back seven, um, I've got DeAndre Swift, which we talked about, but you guys have some new names that haven't um, appeared on the list for your number sevens. Who wants to go first? Fire it off, Jake. It'll be a good discussion. Um, so my RB seven is JK Dobbins and I'm a little surprised that he hasn't come up yet or I, I'm especially surprised he's not even on Ryan's list at all. Um, he was close. He, he was right there, right on the edge. Just didn't quite make it. I'm a huge Dobbins fan. Obviously like Gus Edwards could be a thorn in his uh, side, but I don't see Gus Edwards role expanding too much without like a Dobbins injury. If anything, I could see, them trying to like get the ball to Dobbins in space, like to throw it to him more. Um, People for like, he's an athletic freak as well. Like he ran a four, three, two at his pro day. Like he is fast. Like he's a blazer five, 10, two Oh nine. Like he's got the, the size to run between the tackles and he's got the pass catching ability to like, he could easily be a workhorse in my mind. Right. And he's only 22, super young extremely run heavy offense and we've i think we've talked about it on other podcasts obviously um many guys are going to get the rock um in that offense not just jk dobbins lamar is obviously going to tuck it in as well but i just think that he, he has a a massive ceiling that nobody's really talking about yeah and well you're you're right there with jake because you just have one spot behind at your running back eight so anything to add then I'll, then i'll talk about why he didn't quite make the top eight for me yeah, which is a big mistake, Ryan. Uh, J.K. Dobbins is an absolute stud. Uh, he, you know, he was eased into the offense last year, kind of overall. He was still basically a touchdown monster and finished with uh, 805 rushing yards on 134 carries, which is pretty absurd. <laughs> you know, overall, I could see him being because again, we want to be like, oh, you know, they run a split backfield, but J.K. Dobbins is the the type of back. 
that will assert himself in the offense where it gives them the best chance of winning and makes the game easier on everybody else. Uh, I also like how they, you know, they've, they've built their offensive line and what they're bringing in. Uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm banking on it again, a little bit of Lamar Jackson progression where even if he has more of a, you know, Mark Ingram, uh, uh, you know, receiving game role as, as the, with, with Lamar Jackson in Lamar Jackson's second year, that could be a huge deal because he's going to get more receiving touchdowns and yards. And he's going to just pile up the fantasy points. So with the age, the prospect prof- profile, athleticism, and I, I think the Baltimore offense, now that uh, Jackson is signed long-term, is going to be electric. And you want the most electric running back in one of the most electric offenses. So... I'll, I'll tell you guys why I didn't quite have him in the top 12. I, I really like Dobbins a lot. He must made the cut for me, but I, I guess I I've kind of bought into this idea of, okay, it's a credit backfield. Gus Edwards is going to get his um, he's not going to get as many receptions. And that's so key. Those, those targets, Lamar Jackson's going to take away some touchdowns in the red zone that maybe would go to Dobbins. But I do think that they want to get him more involved. I do think he's going to see more, uh, pass catches and I think I should have had him in my top 12 so I think I'm going to move him to running back 11 you guys have, have convinced me that I, I he needs to be at least be in my top 12 maybe well, I not as quite as high as you guys have him but I got to move him up it's it's also kind of it's hard at this point because the you know the running back depth is it's so deep now we might be we're going to be splitting hairs uh between here and what the next, next like 10 10 running backs overall so yeah I get true. it yeah, I updated the sheet. I still love my guy because I'll talk about who I originally had in there, uh, to be fair. Um, and then, Will, your number seven running back to, to circle back to another name. Yeah, uh, I'm keeping Alvin Kamara up here. Uh, as you mentioned earlier that Christian McCaffrey could just become a slot receiver. Uh, so good, Alvin Kamara. He doesn't take big shots. He's one of the most nimble and, and best runners in the NFL. I mean, when he was re- even returning kicks in his rookie year, he was – he just has the the knack for the game. And I think he might be in for a very, very big season uh, with the saints. And then moving forward when that offense changes and he still is, you know, he's going to be 27 going into next year uh, with, with the amount of like beating he's taken on his body. I still think he'll be valued very, very highly in ADP moving into next season. And he's also, he's, he's a game breaker. He's an absolute difference maker. He's one of those running backs that again, produces a hundred more points than they're running back, you know, 12 or 13 in a season. So I think that discounting Alvin Kamara's age, uh, I made that mistake last year and I'm correcting it this year because he's a different type of player than let's say like a Derrick Henry or an Ezekiel Elliott. I think what this exercise tells us because we're all, okay. So he's number five right now. You have him at number seven, Jake, you have him at number nine. I've got him at number 10. So what this exercise shows us is we all think he's going to decline in value um, among running backs uh, a little bit anyway, even if he has a good year. And I think he's going to have a pretty good year. So I, I, I think it's maybe it's easier said than done because I think running backs his age are tough to sell, but probably makes him a sell, right, Jake? I mean, pretty clearly a sell for all of us. Yeah, because you don't you don't want to hold him for that one year too long, where then all of a sudden his value is like decimated. Like, I'm not going to say a career ending a career ending injury or anything like that, but maybe all of a sudden he just has a, a running back two year, and he's and everyone expects him to be a league winner, and all of a sudden his value just plummeted because he's a 27 year old running back coming off an RB two season, right? Like, 
it happens. Um, and I feel like more often than not, um, I completely agree with, <coughs> excuse me, with Will that like Kamara has got that it factor. Um, he was the league winner last year. Like I think most championship teams had Alvin Kamara on him. And with the Michael Thomas injury, like who, like who is going to take the ball away from Kamara? Like I feel like every single play Kamara is going to be the first read, whether it's like a run or pass. Um, so like, I think he still has similar potential to that league winner, but no one's talking about it. The saints are going to be worse. They're going to be a lot worse. Um, I think defenses are going to key in that Kamara is like the main guy to stop and you got to let, you got to make someone else beat us. Um, like, we won't let Kamara beat us. It has, you have to make someone else do it. So there is definitely some worry. And I definitely think he's to sell because there's going to be a uh, contender out there thinking that, Hey, Kamara is that last thing I need. And all of a sudden he could be that grenade on there on his roster that like he can't get anything for next year. Right. So there's some risk to him. Yeah. And it's enough guy to sell. I mean, I mean, that's for sure. Because number one, I think because of his age, number two, it's hard, it's hard to give him up. You know, if you, if you're in a contender and you know that, you know, it's, he's a risky asset, but at the same time, you're like, Oh, I remember that week. He wanted me the championship single handedly. So it, it's tough to get let go of those guys sometimes. Uh, the um, other part, the other part that I didn't mention about Camara is he'll have the Sean Payton narrative moving into the next season. If their quarterback room is a complete, you know, S show uh, this year, what the saints do next year at quarterback and they're, you know, they're pairing him with Sean Payton. They're pairing him with Sean Payton. I feel like that will be a very big driver of his value continuing forward. His, uh, his salary cap escalates a lot next year too. He's a $5 million player this year and he goes up to 14.5 next year. I don't know if that makes him a cut candidate or what, because I'm just not in on the too big on the salary cap lingo and stuff, but um, that's, that's a lot for a running back. Yeah. I, I, so it's one of those, he's one of those interesting guys because, you know, you probably a sell candidate, but at the same time, you might miss a really great year if you do it, but you know, it's, you got to make that decision. What, which, which risk do you want to take? You know what, which, which way do you want to play it? Um, okay. So <laughs> I, I've got a kind of interesting name and I, I felt weird putting this on the list. Now I feel even more weird because you guys don't have him in your top 12. I'm not sure how close he even is. And maybe I'm just buying into the hype. This is a guy that's you know, a veteran running back. He's not, he's not a dinosaur, but he's, he's not 20 years old either. Um, that we've has let us down time and time again. It's Joe Mixon. I put Joe Mixon guys um, at my number nine because I, I, and I guess my thinking behind this is I just, he could have, I just feel like everyone is kind of like they're waiting for this monster year from Mixon and his, his reception upside is probably capped a little bit. So maybe he can never get there, but I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, I'd pro- I don't even think I like this ranking now that I review this, but it made sense at the time. So, so where do you guys have Joe Mixon? He's outside of your top 12. I see that. Was he a consideration at all? Or you guys are thinking, what were you thinking, Ryan? Yeah, I, I had him at 15. Uh, Joe Mixon came into the NFL really young. Uh, the, the Bengals offense was at, at, like, it was the most exciting Bengals offense. I feel like that we've had last season with Joe Burrow there. I think that he has a lot of room to improve, you know, moving forward. He's there. He, he signed a contract there. I was just about to look it up to see if there's like any outs or anything like that. Uh, the reason that I just left him off is because he, like I've had, I've, I mean, I've had Joe Mixon plenty of times and a, he hasn't produced in the way that you really want a top 12 running back that you're taking in a dra- in like a startup draft. 
to produce and you're willing to take on more risk than what Joe Mixon like kind of floor provides. Um, so Mixon's out is at the end of the season and then he'll pretty much, obviously he'll start his next contract this year out next year. And then he's got three more years left on his deal. So obviously if he doesn't hit, um, like if they don't think he's worth the money at the end of the season, obviously maybe he's a cut candidate and they look elsewhere. Um, well, so right he's, now, a, he is- he's a $8.2 million dead cap with a 11.4 cap hit. So I, I, I couldn't see them cutting him next year, but after that, correct. Yeah. Um, right. I have Joe Mixon as my RB 17. This, that's not a projection for next year. That is what my current ranking of Joe Mixon is. Um, so I think for him to jump up to where you have him at RB eight, he probably needs to be, have a top five season this year. Um, and I just, I just don't know if that's in his range of outcomes. I'm sure a few years ago, I would have said, Oh, hundred percent it is, but just what we've seen so far definitely puts doubt in my mind. Um, yeah, that's certainly, but fair. The, the offense is probably the best position it's ever been in. So this is definitely his time to shine. Yeah. I, I guess my ranking, like I said, if I had to do it again, I, I, I probably need to move him down, but I, I guess I'm kind of buying into this offense. And I, I, I do think that just if the offense is, is prolific and he, and he scores a lot of touchdowns um, it's probably not through receptions where he gets there, but I think through touchdowns, if you got that volume on the ground, he could, he could possibly climb in the top five, but I, but I, I would agree. It's, it's highly unlikely. Um, and I worry about these reports, guys, about Joe Burrow. I know it's early, and I'm not going to get too panicky about it, but that he's not looking good in, in, uh, in camp. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I think we were, got excited, a little bit excited about Joe Burrow as rookie season, but, he, you know, we'll, we'll see what he does his, his next year back after coming, coming back from the injury. So, I don't know. Anyway, we can, we can move on. Um, let's then, so we're, we're down to our, looks. this is number nine, basically. Um, uh, so Jake, you had Alvin Kamara, um, and Will and I have some new names, um, some old friends. Will, uh, you, you want to go first? You want me to go first? Go for it. Yeah. So I, I put Nick Chubb here. Um, I, I, I just feel that with Nick Chubb, if, if, honestly, it was a contract extension they got from, from Cleveland. Um, I, I think that he's going to continue to, you know, I think he's going to have a solid year. I think he'll be like a back and running back one. I think that'll be enough just to, just to keep him, you know, around where he's at. I guess I'm having him slipping down a little bit in value, but I, I just think he's, you know, he missed time last year. If he stays healthy, I think he's going to put up a nice season and he'll have some performances that stick out in your mind, Jake, that you might see in prime time that people will remember. And I, I think he'll perform at key moments for your fantasy team this year. And, that's why I kind of have him hovering where he is right now. So, um, but, but I, I would agree that he doesn't have upside as some of the guys that are on our list. I mean, he does, he does, he's not going to catch a lot of balls, you know, I mean, he's going to run for a lot of yards and hopefully score some touchdowns. So, so what, what do you think about, uh, well, I guess you have Chubb next on the list for you. You have him at number 10. Yeah. I love Nick Chubb. Um, I think if you, probably like pulled NFL teams or at least I've seen this on Twitter mentioned a lot that Nick Chubb's probably one of the best pure running backs in the league. Um, just incredibly hard to stop, like play in and play out. Um, and the Cleveland Browns have built their team in a way that they are re- very run heavy. Um, and unlike Baltimore, they don't have a running quarterback. Um, but I've done, I've said this on a previous show and I'm going to do it again. Um, they have the best line in football. 
the offensive line. And I don't even think it's yeah. that close. It's great. Yeah. JC Treader, yeah. Jack Conklin, Jedrick Wills, Joel Batonio, Wyatt Teller. Yeah. Like those guys are probably all top five at their position and they all, they have, they're on the same team, right? Like I would love to be running behind that line. And you're telling me Nick Chubb is the guy doing it. Like, uh, so, yes, please uh, sign me the hell up. Um, he just signed a massive deal. I don't know how long Kareem Hunt is there for, but he's been there before and uh, it hasn't really slowed down Chubb too much. I agree that it hurts his pass catching ceiling, but damn, put the give Chubb the ball in space and let him let him go, man. Like he's so hard to stop. Like he's a the guy's a beast. I just can't say too much negative against him other than his pass catching, right? But right. I just think right. they're gonna their offense is probably gonna run through him this year. Will, do we have to slap an E on the show because Jay, Jake said H-E double hockey sticks? Uh, no, no. I don't, it's okay, I, Jake. You can say hell. It's, you can say whatever you want, why, actually. Why, we the, why, e, why, e the hell, the why the hell would we need to? Um, <laughs> the only thing I love that, look at Jake's face. He was like, whoops. <laughs> the, only, the, only, the only thing that scares me about Nick Chubb is that also that they've extended Kareem Hunt, who is another you know kind of yeah. great running back. And they, again... They, they, you saw, I mean, Nick Chubb got you banked up a little bit last year. He does have that catastrophic knee injury in his history. So that, that kind of long-term thing that we've seen, I mean, it's, I don't know if it's just the Todd Gurley effect with me to why I couldn't, because I was the biggest Nick Chubb fan last year. If you remember, I, I, I mean, I love Nick Chubb. How can you, I mean, how can you dislike Nick Chubb? Yeah, uh, I, I number do, six running back on your I list. Do, I do think the show. chargers might compete though, uh, with, the, the Browns for a, another great offensive line and being at the top because uh, they've done a lot that, you know, they signed the, the all pro center from the Packers, Corey Lin, Lin, Lindsley, Lindley. Uh, anyway, unimportant to this conversation. So I really, 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 I had Nick Chubb in the top 12 kind of moved him out based on because cream hunt is, is probably going to be there unless somebody trades something for him. Um, I had Nick Chubb at 13 uh, versus, you know, 10 and, 10 and nine. So it's not like, it's not like we're very far apart. Um, but I took a big risk with my, with my number nine running back. Yeah, you did. And I am, uh, I'm doubling down. I'm doubling down on miles Sanders. One, uh, he produced very well with Jalen hurts last year, at least kind of in the, in, in the overall scheme of things. Uh, the first game that Jalen Hurts played, he he only had one target, no receptions. But after that, you know, he had five, two, and six. So I, I'm not overly concerned just based on – I know it's a super small sample size, but at least he had that with him. You know, if he had no targets with him, that's a much bigger concern. And I, the offensive line for Philadelphia was beat up last year by injuries. I think they might be one of the, you know, kind of the, the comeback offensive lines of the season this year. Or – if, if the Eagles are bad, he can still play in all three downs. There's still all that Boston Scott splitting carries. Get that out of here. Miles Sanders is a much better talent than Boston Scott. And I know like, like so like Chris Harris, who I, who I love and is a great film watcher, compares Sanders more to Tevin Coleman. I see more uh, in Miles Sanders than what, what Tevin Coleman had to offer. And I think that, uh, that he's in for, for kind of a big breakout third year assuming that, you know, that things just go better injury wise moving into the 2021 season. And he's going to be one of those, those players that has, you know, a massive snap and production share of the offense. And we're going to care about that moving into next year. 
It's risky. No, I, I love the call though. Um, I think the hard part is just like the, the fact that this is dynasty and you're projecting like a pretty much a massive value boost that he would continue this, like he would do well this year and then he can keep, keep that value going forward. Um, or like that is the risk there, but I love the value of Miles Sanders right now, like in drafts and just for 2021 season dynasty, what, what have you. Um, it's a pretty wide open depth charts in Philadelphia. I th- we said in a previous show and we'll just mentioned it that there's really no running backs of consequence behind him. They just brought in Kenny Gainwell, but as a fifth round pick doesn't worry me too, too much. Boston Scott, super undersized. Um, they're talking about him a lot this off season as a pass catcher, but Miles Sanders has the potential to be a top pass catcher on their team. Like Reger has been up and down and Smith has in like, is going to have injury troubles with right now. He's just super skinny, but he's already out with a knee injury. So it's hard to say um, going forward is how much trust you can put in those two. And I think that Miles Sanders is just super underrated as a pass catcher. Um, and then I don't think that they have that much competition for him as a runner. So I think that there's a good chance that, Sanders is like the dog on that offense, like the main guy. Obviously, I see them running a lot of two tight end sets. Um, Zach Urch is returning. And hell, that could like that kind of formation could help Sanders. Um, I don't see I see him being on the field um, a lot. And his value right now is uh, doesn't like justify that. Like his snap share last year was almost entirely 70s, 70 to 90, where Chase Edmonds, where I feel like goes a few rounds after Miles Sanders was barely touching 40%, right? Like Miles Sanders is an every down player and he's not getting treated as such. Yeah. And he was, you know, he had a better like overall receiving season, his rookie year than his sophomore year. He missed, you know, he only played 12 games last season. And on top of that, uh, Miles Sanders might have the least amount of miles on his tires of any potential, at least at this point, like elite running back. You know, he was behind Barkley in college, so he didn't have a lot of uh, wear and tear. And then he has, I mean, he, if you look at his total touches and what he's done in the NFL, it's its not bad yet. And so if the offense, you know, has better injury luck this year, it is better than last year, which it would be, I feel like it would be really, really tough to be worse than, than last year. Like the, the Eagles were a horrible, a horrible watch. So that's, a, that's I mean, I guess I just kind of, you know, I'm taking a risk here that that, and then that they're improving things in the off season and that we now have, you know, we see again, everybody looks back at the snap shares from 2020 and 2021. is like, this guy's on the field all the time. Uh, the offensive line is better. Uh, he's targeted by, you know, Jalen hurts, wherever the quarterback is, or they brought somebody else in new. So that's a, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty stoked up about trying to acquire Miles Sanders as much as possible. I've also, yeah. I've also moved him, you know, for like uh, a, you know, oh, yeah. a 10 team league where I'm trying to win right now in a deal for, you know, Dalvin cook, because I don't think Miles Sanders is going to produce Dalvin cook numbers this season. I don't think he has that high of upside, but I think this is kind of like a nice, nice safe spot based on agent production. Yeah. yeah you, you definitely convinced me to move him up. I don't know if he would crack my top 12, but I, I think the we are looking at him running back 20 right now in ADP and guys right before him, I think are guys based on their age. If they have big years, you could argue could be high risers, J.K. Dobbins, Travis Etienne, uh, Javonta Williams, and then Miles Sanders. And I think of those four names, Miles Sanders is easily the easiest to acquire, I would think. Because I think those other guys, you know, people are excited about Dobbins. 
um, the, the rookies, you know, the, the people are always, you know, hyping rookies, you know, obviously in their ages coming in the league. So, so Miles Sanders, you can acquire him and those other guys might be a little harder. So I, I think that it's a pretty good bet to make will um, that, that he, he could descend in value, you know? So, yeah, and we kind of hit a tier. I feel like running back 22 in ADP right now and between, I don't know, like, like 22 and 10, it's a, uh, it, it's, it's tough. It's tough to, you know, there's, there's, there can be minute differences. But hold on. Ryan's talking to his, uh, his day trader. Uh, he's, he's taking a phone call. Are you, are you telling him to sell or buy? Anyway, Jake. So I have, I have Clyde Edwards Hilaire at nine and you have him at 10. Uh, I also think that Clyde Edwards Hilaire is a great, great buy candidate right now. Even though, even though, they uh they now have Jarek McKinnon on the squad. Uh, I, I, what are your thoughts on uh, Ceh? Um, also a massive value headed into this season. Um, like what has changed this year to last off season other than seeing Ceh play? Um, you guys both ranked him as the RB three, and I think that was probably a ranking primarily like last year, projecting for this year. And I think that was primarily a ranking based on projection. Um projecting his opportunity with like Kansas city chiefs offense. Um, and really not much has changed this year. Like you met, you mentioned Jarek McKinnon, who I think is a pretty much a nothing burger in my mind. Um, I think Daryl Williams is definitely yeah. more of a threat than McKinnon just based on his familiarity with the offense. I think he's actually probably a, a sneaky, like handcuff type of guy. Um, I, want, I, Williams, want, but... I want, I want Daryl Williams to like be a great fantasy asset because when he was coming out of college from LSU, uh, we talked about him on this show quite a bit, and I did a ton of of Daryl Williams research because he was like that. You know, he was named the uh, like the the team leader on LSU and everything like that. Anyway, continue. I didn't even know he came from LSU, um, so he guess he has that in common with Ceh. Um, but he's going to get all the opportunity again this year, and obviously with the Kansas City offense, he should ha- um, he should be in a good spot to succeed if by chance that he does similar to last year where he doesn't meet expectations, I think there's a chance where this is Brian does just to put that out there. Ryan doesn't have him on his top 12. I don't know where Ryan has him, but I have to assume that's in the back of Ryan's mind where yeah. if he doesn't hit expectations this year, his value is like plummeting. You have to think that maybe Casey's looking at a free agent running back to like have some competition for him or, yeah, Spelling Morris, a pass catcher, right? Where yeah, yeah, right that, that's a, that's exactly it. I I love him and I'm so high on him, but I just worry that it's just not going to work out the way we want it to. With yeah, just, there, there's a chance that he becomes like solely a pass catcher and not like a very good one. You know what I mean? Like his floor is pretty low, but his ceiling is just as high as it was last off season because of the offense season. So I think uh, like the the ten eleven spots a pretty like accurate spot for him, but. It's tough because either he'll be really high or he'll probably be pretty low. Yeah. I'm again, having him here. uh, I even think you could put him higher if you wanted to and gamble on just the Kansas city offense. Yeah, exactly. Like you, again, you want the, the, the running back in the best off, like the best offenses in the NFL who's on the field quite a bit. Uh, That's always like, it always feels good. It always feels good to bet on that. And I'm sure they want to justify the first round pick. Yeah. Hey guys, I'm sorry to do this, but at least I'm getting close to my two minute warning. So 
um, we, you guys can go for a little bit longer, but I'm going to jump over the show here. We, or you guys want to wrap up with these last couple of names on our lists. Just a couple of quick you thoughts. Have, you have five more minutes. We could probably run through it all quick. It's up to yeah, you. Let's, let, yeah, let's do just a few more. So let's run through it. So we talked about CEH. Jake, you had him at 11. So we're getting into our running backs 11. So quickly, I'm changing mine to J.K. Dobbins, but I had Javonta Williams. Um, although I, 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 the thing I worry about him, I think he has a talent to jump up here with his age and he, and he's talented, but he is sharing the backfield with Melvin Gordon. And I'm worried about that Denver offense at the end of the day, guys. I just, I, you know, with the quarterback situation there. So I, I feel this is a little rich now that that's why I put Dobbins. That's why I want to switch names, but, but I like but, Williams so much. But if, if they upgrade their QB situation next off season, it's it. ranking is, 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 isn't high. Like, isn't, high enough you know if they bring in let's say the the broncos acquire you know aaron Rodgers, javante williams vaults up to rb5 so i, I thought that was a, a, a you know a good like projection for adp next year yeah and there's yeah. no way of gordon's there next year and they're not going to put similar draft capital in another rb like it is javante williams his year 2022 if it's not 2021 so i love it um then um well, you got Zeke. Zeke is on our list. I, I think it's a it's a fine call. I mean, I know Jake, you and I don't, but I mean, wouldn't be surprising if he's here. We may be too low on him, honestly. If he has a yeah, we definitely here. are. Yeah, yeah, hard it, to squeeze him in. Yeah. yeah, I I that was like one of the veterans I just wanted to squeeze in because he's still going to be productive and people are going to want him. Um, and, uh, and then and if, go ahead, Jake. Jake, give us the quick rundown on your running back twelve. For next year, um, so I put a bit of a dart throw, but I put a Trey Sermon as my RB twelve, and I'm pretty much just banking on. I think Trey Lance eventually takes that starting gig, um, and I think right now Trey Sermon is only competing with Mostert with the injury to uh, Jeff Wilson, and Mostert uh, Mostert's 29 years old. Sermon um, they just drafted in the third round. They, he's already getting first team reps. I just wouldn't surprise me at all to see him steal that starting gig. And if he does and runs away with it, um, literally and figuratively, I like I don't see a reason for them to invest in the position again. And if he has that starting gig going into 2022 all to himself, which is come to think of it right now, might be far fetched given um, the team he plays for and their philosophy. But if it, if he's like the main guy in San Francisco, 2022 wheels up, especially in a Trey Lance offense. Yeah, and he had Master Teague in college, you know, next to him. He's not the same type of prospect. Uh, Jimmy G on Trey Sermon from Sports Illustrated, quickly, this kind of like quick offseason narrative. Uh, he's been really smooth so far. He really has. The whole running back room, it's kind of pick your poison. They all bring a little bit of a different flavor to it. But Trey's been impressive, you know? The guy, even just in the facility, the time he puts in after everything, when everyone's gone, he's one of those last guys in, you know? You appreciate that in a young guy. So it just feels like he's gelling. And he has the work ethic to do. I mean, that's a real big stretch. But I think Trey Sermon is is heavily underrated uh, as a third round running back coming to this season. And I'm very excited to see what he can do. Yeah, me too. I'm glad we we brought him up. And and finally, uh, about 30 seconds left here, Will. You and I both have Brees Hall. So you want to say a few words about him? Iowa State product. You know more about him than me. Yes, six foot one, 220. Let's get some uh, bell cow back size in our lives. He is a monster producer at Iowa State. He's more athletic than David Montgomery was because Montgomery is another, you know, Iowa State product who is a monster producer there. But Brees has he's has more explosive speed. 
and a, like ability compared to what Montgomery had. And I can almost see him being like a late first round pick next season coming out of Iowa state. And again, a first round pick running back in the rookie draft. I'm guessing at that for ADP next year that he'll be in the top 12. He's what? yeah. Bell cow backside ability and pass catching chops. Yeah. We always see it. We always see, usually see a rookie end up in the, in the top 12 the next year. And um, you know, guy that's in college, I, I bet on, Hubbard last year and that was a big mistake so hopefully um things will work out better for Brisol. <laughs> yeah, I mean he had 21 rushing touchdowns this past season. You know, it that at least at, at, at the worst he's a great rusher if, if his pass catching chops don't translate to the NFL. I like that he's a young rookie coming out so like you're looking at Najee Harris right now as the RB11 in July DLF. If Brees Hall's 21 comes out, catch first round draft capital, sign me up. We are the Fancy Joes. You can find us on Twitter at FFJoes. I am on Twitter at Roto Librarian, Randall for Good. Will is at FinnyCJo underscore Will. And Jake, of course, is at Takes with Jake. You can support us on Patreon. Check us out at patreon.com slash Fancy Joes. We put out Patreon shows probably, um, you know, once at least every other week. Um, we, we've missed a few shows lately, but we try to do it once a week. And we really appreciate your support. So, on behalf of Jake and Will, I'm Ryan, and we are the Fantasy Joes.